Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, and welcome to Let's Drone Out. You're joined tonight by everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello. Bright until I fly, Jack. Everyone's favourite liability. How's it going? And myself, Stephen. Hello, everyone. Hello to our lovely Patreons keeping us on the airwaves, or whatever the electronic wire equivalent of that is. How's it going, Jack? How's your day? How's your week? What's going I'm, on? I'm very tired. Okay. He's blue, yeah. quite literally. For audio viewers, Jack is I now can, blue. There that. you go. Oh, no, turn it down again. Jesus. Too much Jack. Oh, we don't need that much Jack. That better? Oh, that's yeah, better. that's better. There you go. How did the soldering go, mate? You were putting bits and bobs together and repairing burnt traces, all this. I don't uh no, I crimped I I crimped last night and added a current Didn't we all? Uh, yeah, I added added a current sensor. Um and that's about it really. That's as far as I got and I moved some stuff into a drawer, but that's about it. The desk still looks like a bomb site. And uh I didn't go to bed till about well, I tried to go to bed about three and then probably didn't get to sleep till about four ish. So I'm very tired and not with it. Oh, so I don't well, in apologize. that case, we should probably quickly follow the direction the chat's taking and jump on Curry's review of The Boxer, this new radio from Radio Master, which the chat is all lit up over. I think yes. that's probably because you couldn't go on YouTube if you were subscribed to a couple of drone channels without seeing the word. Radio Master Boxer in every single corner because, of course, everybody yeah. gets these things and we're told nobody say anything until December the 15th at um, GMT plus 8, 6 o'clock, which means 10, 10 a.m. and everything's suddenly gone bing, which I think it kind of works quite well for Radio Master because everybody knows that there's a Radio Master product going. Um, I don't know if people get a bit fed up with too too much at once i mean you, you can at least get a lot of different opinions on it and if someone misses something then another person's got it but it's a it's a nice looking radio as you probably noticed from my point of view i didn't fly it what i call properly because it's cold outside um ironically oh, i'm going to canada cold. tomorrow which Foreign is cold may not be aware how how mild the weather is here normally and we've had proper <sighs> snow like there is ice everywhere right now it is leg breaking vill all over I think London. The, the problem is, just a few weeks ago, it was really, really mild. It was like 12, 16 degrees. And then just suddenly winter popped in without any warning. There wasn't a gradual slope. It was a 
you're now cold and very wet. And so, yeah, I just did a bit of a, a, a whoop flight and a little car drive, and I did not want to go to the very wet field. But I well, fundamentally, you've got the gimbals out of another radio, the module that's identical to other radios, apart from the power output. Everyone knows Edge TX, so it's really just the sum of its parts, I guess, isn't it? You really talk about the ergonomics of the chassis, and that's most of it, right? Yeah, and I think people are saying, oh, no, Radio Master keeps re- releasing another radio. What are we going to do with this? I think Radio Master is just trying to cover every single base. It's kind of like you want the great big heavy block, there's your TX-16. You like the game right. controller, there's your, your Zorro, and then you've got small hands, uh, the, the ladies perhaps, they've got the TX-12, and then you've got sort of this new middle-of-the-range thing. I think it's um, it's obviously very, very close to the Mambo, but it, it's kind of... It, it it's different feeling than the others, but you kind of have to hold them all and say, I like this one. I like the way this feels. And is it different learning feeling where the switches because are. of no switches on top? Because this is most radios go for switches on the top side. And this has followed mm. that Mamba design queue of switches on the face, but clean on the top side. That's right. So I, I kind of think this is the ultimate radio for putting in your backpack because it's really difficult to damage it. It's got nothing on the sides. Um, it's got a nice gimbal protector that covers, uh, covers the switches. But yeah, I was, a, I was a little bit concerned that especially people that pinch might have issues getting to the switches. But I did notice that when I did my bit of indoor flying, the immediate thing I did was crash and fall down the stairs. And then without thinking about it, I just disarmed, went into um, turtle mode, lift it, went back, and, and it, it, it was just second nature. So it obviously wasn't, wasn't that hard to find the switches. But um, I kind of like the the six position thing as well. I've never had that, but that's something yeah. where, as I said, you you kind of you you, you want to put your non critical modes on there because it's mm-hmm. switches are very obvious where you, your button presses you have to sort of count along and say I think this is this is heading hold. I wouldn't yeah. put an arm switch on there. Screw it up. I've I've experimented with using that for angle acro and three D mode in the past. I mean, you never really have six unless you're running Arju, I guess. But it's, it's an interesting or, thing to use. I have something that you might pop it on because you've got a lot of different modes to use. But hmm. yeah, I, I think our, the problem with our pilot is trying to. they only allow a single channel for your mode and you've got a lot of very different modes in RG pilot. So having a something where you can put a lot of switches or positions mm-hmm. on one channel is quite useful. It's nice. The thing that, that bugs me about it in regular use is obviously a physical three-position stays where it is when you switch the radio on and off that doesn't so if you switch to a flying mode that isn't that first position you turn the radio off and turn it on again it goes to the first position so you need to make sure the one you always want to use by default is in position number one because it'll just switch itself onto that when you power the radio on. yeah i guess so but it kind of like it i have my radio set up by default so if there's any switch that's not in the default position it alarms me and says, oh, you know, switch SA is is not at zero, turn it back. So I, I generally have the sort of thing where I have to put all my switches back so it's not like accidentally oh, right. in the wrong mode or armed or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a two-position arm, so I can't accidentally arm stuff. Um, so I need to, like, have a momentary and a switch, and otherwise it's a logical switch. It doesn't re-enable, so I need to switch off and on again. The, w- the one thing I was wondering is about the uh, the the buttons on the top you said that they're a little bit 
Were they a little bit scratchy? Do you think they're good for arming, or would you be worried about using them? I, I think so. Let me grab it. While Curry's getting that, I was, yeah, I was just going to throw it to you, Jack, actually, but for a little elaboration, I had the Beta FTV light radio, and that's got push buttons, and I found that they would kind of trigger accidentally and then it armed for a fraction of a second and disarm. So Jack, did you did you find that on the Beta FBUV Light Radio 3? Um I haven't don't forget I've only used that for the sim. I haven't oh, okay. set it up. Only last night did I flash uh update the internal module with the virtual com port. So it's on 3.1.1 and when I first got the radio, I'm I'm throttle aileron elevator rudder, and you had a different order, so ACR, I had to change yeah. that out. And because um, I kept running into uh, mix mix match error, which I think you've got like a you've got I I was trying to painless and you sent me and this is painless's module funny enough i phoned painless today and he helped me with the uh channel five arm thing because i use idle up oh right so i need a mid position so i've got to figure out how to do that in curve but at the moment i've got an override but that's going have, off topic you have a mid position for arming yeah so it's oh. hit it once and it just idles, it just ticks over motor spinning, but the gyro is not enabled. And then another one up, it's diff uh, set to 17, and that enables the gyro, and that gives me air mode. It's because I'm older. Yeah, like who uses idle up on a quad? I know, I'm sorry, I, I'm, that, I'm that guy. It's like you, you could just you remove what? that middle position, and you wouldn't. I might want to fly different. around with no gyro, so I'm out of control <laughs> yeah, all right. the time. I never <laughs> trusted that gyro anyway. I think yeah. my sense of balance is superior. Well, it's yeah, like the middle mode is what I uh, class as potato mode because if you Jesus. drop the throttle to zero, that's it. Just sounds like liability mode. Like, well. The problem is, it's is dangerous. I had. Do you remember? Do you remember the back in the day with the whole, um, like you know when it used to like bounce, and I came in once close and it bounced and it freaked the gyro out and it sent it hurtling towards me and my mate, and no. uh, it cut cut his arm. Remember that, Jack? Shall, you remember shall the, I tell you why my quads don't bounce? And that's because I have air mode on the switch. When I'm yeah. coming into landing, air mode goes off, I come down, and I drop the throttle. I'll tell you why my quads stops. don't bounce. And I throw my quads at my feet. I just hit the ground and disarm. Why would you like you you hit the I, ground, you disarm, and you don't do I know you come in and you disarm a, like a couple of inches off the ground and just go doof and it's done. I know. No drama. I know. Yeah. I mean if, yeah, if right. you go in that direction before you know it, you'll be flying backwards into a hill in no time. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. Indeed, I will. I, I will admit it's just. I don't the know. Hills move faster than you think. Flies better. I don't know. It's <laughs> it flies a, a, a I know. I don't anyway. really have a leg to stand on. I'm sorry. Right. Going, the the answer to that question, by the way, buttons. The buttons. 
the buttons do have a texture on them. I find the buttons actually more straightforward for arming. In previous radios, I, I've had the, the corner switch there for arming. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, because this is my um, uh, air mode switch on and off, just occasionally I've been coming in for land and I was like, oh, I turned air mode off, disarmed it, and the quad just goes plop. So having a physical button here that goes so in and out is, is something I actually when like. When you arm, do you yeah. have to press it beyond the latching position before it goes high? Um, the trouble with the beta FPV one was that press it down. you could press the button halfway and it wouldn't latch, but it would go high. So then you, what happens is anytime you tap the button, even if you don't depress it and latch it, the electronics micro switch has, has tapped. And so you get it arming for like a fraction of a second and it doesn't actually latch and click in. That shocks me because usually yeah. beta FPV are known for their awesome quality. Um, no, yeah. I've, I've never managed to replicate it. it. I don't understand. On, on all the radio, and uh, most of my radios gen- that I'm using generally do have that, and I've never had the situation that I've managed to sort of press it and accidentally like arm without it being all the way in and out. They seem pretty good buttons. I think the Mambo was the first one I got that had that, and it, it felt weird at the time. And then I'm like, oh, actually, I quite like that. I just didn't like the looseness of it. I wanted it to feel like it was really like the button was not wriggling inside the housing. Uh, and again, that's probably beta <laughs> FPV quality, but I think so. It was just, it, it lacked the positive feeling that I got from the other switches. And it got me thinking, oh, maybe I could like shim it up. Maybe I could tweak it. And it's just too much. Like, it's a nice clicky anyway. clicky. So I gave it to Jack. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, um, I've got, I've had to turn my, because you, you brought, you brought this up. Where is it? I bought some switches to try and convert, like, um, to do some testing so that if you didn't want two position switches, I could find the micro switches. They're right here. I don't know whether you can see them. They're tiny. That's so you could turn the uh, module off. Because this uh, this has got a, I'm pointing to my Turnergy 9X. That's got just, a module built in. We're still keeping it current, then, are we? With the, the 9X. 9X, yeah, it's, it's no, using. Oh, it's, it's no good anyway. Because obviously, it doesn't support. You know, the ELRS doesn't support bloody. Oh, Turnergy 9X lacking ELRS support. Oh, I don't know how anyone's. I, oh, that. how dare we? I know. Idle up. Turn the G9X. So a little switch on the power line for my GPS because the oh, GPS was happy when it was running on 4.5 volts, but would prevent the board from going to DFU mode for reasons. So now I've put a little switch on there so I can switch it on and off. Made me very happy. So when I want to flash the thing, I switch the GPS off, and the rest of the time I just switch it on. I literally can't find any problems anymore. So, Stephen, uh, talking of new equipment, you bought some new goggles. And stuff, didn't you? Yeah. I no way have problems with impulse control. Uh, yeah. So I got the walk snail gurgles. Oh. Um, and what is what is your review? First off, we talked right. about having considerable noses Surprise. before. Yeah, I have considerable noses, and I, I I don't know what had been going on with Andy. I think Andy had packed up his his nose somehow, and it was really hurting. 
But this one came with foam pre-installed, and I haven't touched it. I've just used it as is, and it seems okay on my nose, and I don't know what's going on with that. The SD card position is stupid. Um, the micro SD card position is not only in the nose piece where you can't properly reach it, but they've put the socket in upside down so that the <laughs> bit of the micro SD that has a raised end so you can put your fingernail on it and, and pull it out faces towards a lump of plastic so you can no longer actually get your fingernail on it. They've put it in a stupid place and they've put it in upside down. Um, and, and it's just absolutely, I think that the physical design of the goggles is my biggest problem with them. Um, the, the, the system flies really well, but the shell is just crap. Like that's a stupid place. The screens are so close to my eyes that my eyelashes actually leave smears on the lenses. Um, (laughs) I don't, and in short, I think Fat Shark would have been better not involved with this because what they've done is apparently just make it really hard to use. And the radio system itself seems pretty good, but I'm really annoyed that Fat Shark were involved because they seem to have ballsed it up. Um, I think if it, if maybe if I put some extra foam to get the eyepieces a bit further away from, from my eyes, it would be okay. But yeah, it was either smearing when I pulled it down off my forehead or it was actually my eyelashes. Either way, those eyepieces just protrude too much so that they get grime wiped on them. Are your but eyelashes think, covered in Vaseline? I mean, I'm not like bot grinder. I don't have giant turbo lashes that hit every single pair of goggles. That's a first for me. <laughs> but it, it has been magical in terms of, of the kind of power of the system that I've got the little 1S board... They've just released an updated version of this. I've got the original. I'll trim my lashes. No. Don't trim your lashes. They fall Terrible out. idea. Yeah. <laughs> if you trim them, they will fall out. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't about to do that, no. Don't ask um, me how I know. I've never trimmed my lashes, but I know someone who has. Right. So, just... anyway, a 1S board, the, the original one, this was 11.6 grams, Antenna, board and camera, all in. And I put it on a two and a half inch jobby. It's got an AIO. It's got 1105 HGLRC flame motors hmm, from about three years ago. And uh, ELRS EP2. And this thing was just incredible. I was just taken aback. It's got a really tiny lens camera. Uh, I did up the EV because it's a very dark image, so I ended up with plus 0.7 or plus 1 on the exposure. But it was going as far as my full-blown Vistas. And um, this is on 700, and the Vistas are on full bore. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, it's putting in a really good innings. And I was able to see small branches. There was no none of that focus mode that you got with DJI. I was getting a great picture up until the point where it went no bueno, and just stop giving screen updates. It degraded very gracefully, got a little bit smooshy, but you'd fly up to stuff and all the detail on the trees, on the bark, in the grass was just there. Whereas with DJI, I'm used to seeing a lot of blurring. So that's interesting because when I've seen, um, and as you know, I I haven't used any sort of uh, HD goggles and you've used DJI for a long time and now these. When I see DVR stuff from them, I see that DJI looks very good. And I often see that on Walksdale, 
you've got nice focus on your foreground. And as it gets, especially on grass, as it gets further on, you just get this smush of green rather than any detail. Like the detail gets lost a little bit out there. Whereas yeah, I'm not sure this is really good. Work, but I'll just share some DVR. You can see it. It's, it's waiting out. Chunky. Something's gone wrong. <laughs> so I was, that, that's pretty good. You can see the detail on the bark or the little branches. That's the goggles DVR, not off the VTX itself. You can see it's, it's kind of coming into focus. There's, they're blurred at maybe sort of 20 meters away. But when I get close, they're all, oh, there's some peeps. I shouldn't be near. But I wasn't seeing any of that nasty blurring that, that other people had been noticing. I was pleasantly surprised. And this might be because they've shipped this on a very recent firmware. Um, but compared to DGI, I can show you the DGI in, in the same place. And that stuff was just a big wobbly mess. Um, so if I get the DGI file up and pop, pop that on, let's just uh, share that again. So I, I, I did a flight back-to-back -back DGI and, and this other one. And there's, there's the DGI footage. And you can see it's kind of just, well, I don't know if you, your compression here is coming out. It. It's a little bit of a, a, a sort of fast slideshow for us, unfortunately. So they, yeah. I can't see well, much difference in the, the detail. The detail on the I left of the some... screen and on the fence is just can a I big Can I see focus mode mess. on the sides there? Is that a bit yeah. blurry on the sides? Is that yeah. what's happening? So that's that's focus mode really pushing in and turning stuff into nasty blocks. Whereas with walk snail, there was a little bit of compression, but it was just much, much less noticeable. And this stuff I find really distracting when I'm flying. I, I know there's a blob there, but does that blob have some sticky out bits or is it just a smooth surface? And there are occasions when, like on the left side here, there's a fence with some bushes in front of it. And DJI would, would cause so much degradation of the image, you couldn't see if it was a fence panel or a bush. And, and that causes problems when you're trying to avoid stuff. Whereas with walk snail, those details were always there. I didn't lose them. And I was very conscious of being able to see this stuff all of a sudden, whereas previously I kind of hadn't been able to see it. You could see, yeah, going around here, that fence just kind of su suddenly isn't there sometimes. Sometimes it's there and sometimes it just goes away with DJI, um, which is really kind of distracting. So, yeah, pleasantly surprised so far. It's a lot better than so, I thought. Somewhat subjective. Caroline's thinking DJI looks better. To me, the, the image quality looked, although we can't see the full sort of frame rate going on, it looks quite comparable. But I do see the the focus stuff in the corners there. I suppose if that keeps dragging your eyes away from yeah. from what's going on, that's going to make a big difference. Bear for you. in mind, we're sending a compressed signal over another streaming solution, so it's you're not going to get a great picture. And I'm not talking purely about the lens and the camera. This is a small camera. This is it a 14 mil camera with a tiny lens, and and the from DJI one is the Nebula Pro, which is a a. a, a 19 mil camera with a much bigger lens. It's nice yeah. that you've got it uh, fitted in with space to spare, though, for a, like a little 1S yeah. thing. That's quite it's cool. running off the 5 volt back. It's fine. It's happy. And did you have to register to make them work, or did they just work without any strange? Right. Yeah, that's another thing. I, I just plugged it in and it worked. There's no software to install on the computer. All oh, the updates weird. are done just by copying onto the storage of the device, and that's it. 
That's as simple as, you know, updating any other goggles. Get file, put file onto device, keep device powered while file is read and written into the device. Done. And uh, I'm guessing in the future it won't have to make you turn your phone on all the time when you're flying with it, like the the recent update for the Avata, as we've heard about. Right. Well, I mean, that that was for the, the drone, so that's kind of what you'd expect because it's in line with DJI's other consumer stuff. But yeah, that I don't think there's any way of, of doing that with this. Um, maybe it's got hidden Bluetooth in there, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't, or they would have made hay out the fact that it had bits of technology in there during the release. I'm sure. I think so. Cool. Anyone want, else want not watch. looking forward to uh, them changing the, the rules of the whole like classification like, so, so Tony wanted us to talk about the new rules. Ah, uh, yes, you must know which direction your drone is facing at all times. Oh, this, I always this do. Is, I'm looking through the the camera, mate. This is I the know. big change in the um, what constitutes visual line of sight. And previously, it had been this sort of basic figure of 500 meters is where you can see your drone and control it. Now they're saying. It depends on the size of the drone. It depends on the circumstances of conditions, if you have lighting. And so if you're flying a whoop, as Stephen was there, um, clearly got fantastic eyesight, or a spotter has, then that's going to go out of visual line of sight a lot quicker than something's much bigger. And they're also saying that seeing a little speck in the sky doesn't constitute being in line of sight because you can't tell the orientation or the direction from that point of view. And although it, it, it talked about if you've got lights on the drone, it you you might be able to see it further, but you can't rely just plainly on lights. Do, right? Well, but, but we're aircraft. Aircraft, are, you have lights on the wingtip to, to show where the aircraft is in poor visibility, right? That's what. As I said before, stop arguing with me. I don't come out with these ridiculous f-ing rules. This is the CA's at time but we have to say that nobody here gives two hoots about what these rules are because yeah, um, it doesn't feel like it really applies when you're three foot off the ground we all have invisible spotters and this mm. applies to the Mine's spotters in the, suit in the shrubs next to me he's, yeah. he's quite cold but you know i gave him some cocoa he was all right yeah yeah all, all the footage i put up on youtube is just sd cards i find lying on the ground anyway so yeah Yep, there's Anything tons of them out there. They grow wild. Strange they do. That, yeah. I, I I don't think this means anything to anybody. Um, I think we all we, we keep by the the general edict of the the various rules. Don't be on fire. Don't be a dick. Don't and and clearly don't fly over people or stuff. Don't that kill you yeah. yeah, it really just it's comes a, down to the weakness law. At the end of the day, I think that's that's number one. Yeah, rule zero, don't be on fire. Rule one, don't be a dick, right? Members of the public yep. are not going to complain if you're polite and nice to them for the most part. Like 99.9% of people will not complain. And if they're interested in it, don't tell them to F off. Don't be rude to them. Just explain what you're doing and be nice and patient with them. And then yep. you'll help everyone out in the hobby. How high does it go? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. And exactly. No, how your fast, dog can't how fast. Wow. The disclaimer's out today. I don't know why. 
what we say doesn't constitute legal advice, by the way. It's just us uh, yeah. chatting. <laughs> any any views? Any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of others. Okay. Job just done. climb a tree and no one will find you. <laughs> Trappy said. Can't go wrong with this. There's, there's some quality tips. We should put these in a book. Uh-huh. I've, and I think we've talked about it personally, but like, as you say, 99% of the human interactions I've had with people have all been very positive. Even 10 years ago, when I started flying, people were absolutely fascinated. They thought this was the most brilliant thing ever. And now they know what like a drone is. They're, they're more interested to say, Oh, are you, are you surveying the fields? I'm like, sure. Why not? We can be doing this. <laughs> and no, I have to say, I'm just, and I'm a just a speaking, professional child, yes. and I'm just flying around, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but there's there's still super interesting. Like the, the weirdest reaction I had was from a guy because I was flying one of those little things that flies off a single eighteen six fifty, and it like mm. blew his mind that I'm flying this on like this single battery and it flies for ten minutes. That's that was just crazy to him. But it's longer than last the only, outrageous. The only times I've had semi bad interactions is when somebody says excuse me who's giving you permission to fly here and i'm like the farmer who lives there go chat to him if you like and another person saying do you realize this whole area is supposed to be protected for ground nesting birds to which my answer was that's fine i won't fly over them but do you realize this entire area is about to be houses in six months time that was my old field which got built on so it kind of didn't really help much yeah, it's protected till someone can make more money off it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I remember what they did there because because I think the the naturalist kicked up the fact that this this place where, where I live is is a particular place for reptiles. It has the largest uh, colony of adders in the country and stuff. Apparently, uh, only been a mistake. So what they did they they employed these people to walk up and down and catch all the reptiles and move them somewhere else for about four months. And it's like, they're all gone now. It's fine. We'll build the houses. Oh, my Jeez. God. Meanwhile, the new place, they've stuck the uh, reptiles. They don't, they no longer survive. Yeah, they can swim, yeah. Just jump in that lake. <laughs> this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. I, I enjoyed you and Sophie uh, racing and your little DIY racetrack, Curry. That was fun. It was, that. Was, that one was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, the effort, the the black paper, the tape, the uh, – there was no expense spared. I, I went to Amazon and bought myself a pack of black 200 GSM card for that. And really? then I laid it out and I was like, you know, I'm going to have to put a center line down there. I, wa- I wanted to build like little buildings out of like cereal boxes and stuff. But then it's like, this is, this is taking too long now. Before you <laughs> know it, you'd have two grand's worth of model railway parts or yeah. taking up room in your, your, your yeah. attic somewhere. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm upset that you didn't have any traffic cones or anything. 
you know, or a tire wall. We we thought about it because it's like, how do you stop people driving off the track? And but I was running out of time, and I was yeah. like, Sophie, you're going to race me in this? Yeah, I can do it when James is going to come round. It's her boyfriend, so we can race together. And then he bailed on us because he was feeling poorly. So it's like, right, I, I don't think you want to be emasculated by your. <laughs> <laughs> do what he's told. Anyway, Boxing Day, that's coming out again. We're trying to get four people around. Oh, it yeah. might be a bit more of an impromptu track. And yeah. uh, like drunk people trying it and uh, stuff like that. It's one all thing good they could uh, maybe add would be it. a little a little battery readout on those. Yeah, it'd be handy. Although the 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 real current one just goes on and on forever. It was only the the first one we got. The diatone one went for about fifteen minutes and then just like and then the light. It's not just like oh, it doesn't stop drive anymore. The lights completely went out and it's like oh, well, that one's dead then. But the the, the 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 latest one I've got was going for like half an hour without any problems. Oh wow! Very nice. They're quite cool. Wow. It was good, man. It was good to see. Thank you. you know, and race I enjoyed castle, your. I've got to get to race castle. I keep meaning to, and I keep failing because it involves travel. And now the world's mm. turned to ice. It's made it even harder. But we should perhaps go go down there and do a little show. Uh, at race castle and sort yeah of, i remember uh, sure what's part on. of the point uh that he was making there was about having a 3d-ness to the course and that that's what really made it there mm. so having having just a track layout as one thing but i know he put like buildings and everything to make it yeah. look really cool didn't he it's got overpasses you know the roads cross over each other i think some of it's just like printout he's put by the side of the track but when you're in the car it's pretty convincing you know like you're speeding along kind of like the old playstation racer games you remember where the scenery was just just a single Flat, yeah oh man gran turismo baby mm-hmm. yeah maybe you should do some gran turismo inspired course layout that'd be good to see i, I feel like i'm con- constrained by the layout of my room mm, <laughs> yeah. like, i mean surely you've got, got, got to try and create the nuremberg ring in your living room we will accept nothing I'm, less. Nothing less. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on Thingiverse and then I, I Thingiverse 3D model Nuremberg games. ring. Yeah, this 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 will take longer to print than than Lee's wing that he messed up on his first launch. <laughs> sure there's all these bits and pieces for it. Random children there crossing is the street to What's the other one? That is the one that they used for like all the speed records, isn't it? Something the something ring anyway. The nervous ring. Failing me now. Yeah, well they 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 do they do the laps on it, and sometimes when they release performance cars, they're like, "This does the Nurburg ring in eleven minutes." Nurburg, that's it, not Nurburg. Nurburg, yeah. yeah I was going to print some cones, and then I decided we'd just knock into them anyway. But that's the point. That's literally the point. It's 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 the equivalent of of having two people carrying a sheet of glass across the track. Mm. <laughs> Or some little boxes, or crates of melons, or chickens, or something. I need to create a tiny little alley with little cardboard boxes, so we can have like a police chase, and you smash those in. Yeah. Oh, there's so many options. The world of options, though. I still my my original intention was that was to hook it up to the internet and have like you know you guys have a lap or something to see how you did, but my my one multi-protocol radio is broken and I've got a problem 
doing it without that. How could you only have one multi-protocol radio? I have no multi-protocol. I have because no multi-protocol. I, when when um, Radio Master called me about this, they said, what version would you like? Would you like the ERS and, or would you like the 4 and one I thought, oh, I haven't got a 4 and one well, what about the... said, Can I have the 4 and one And they're like, we really want to push the ERS. Can you have the ERS instead? I was like, okay. But you've got like the T12 and the T8. Weren't you reviewing radios my, like two years ago when they were my all multi-protocol? TX12 from Jumper has broken. This is what I think. Radio Master has better quality than Jumper. And when I talk how, to Jumper... How is it broken? Maybe you can look at it, Jack. What happens is you plug the batteries in, uh, two 18650 cells, fully charged, and it comes up and starts whinging that the the uh, the voltage is like three volts. So obviously there's some some center voltage regulator, whatever, that's gone wrong, and I can't work out how to fix it. You're, you you're more than welcome flashed to it with it. a different radios firmware, have you? With a different yeah, it just stopped working one day. I was like, oh, that's oh, weird. Okay. Maybe the maybe the battery's not charged. Charged battery's like, oh, it's doing the same thing. Boo. Hmm. And the the other multi protocol module I had was. Down there somewhere. I can't see it. It's what was that made by? I can't remember who it was made by. And it turned out to be using the wrong chip, which is only 64k flash instead of the 128k it needs. So the latest firmware won't work on it because it's got no flash space. You can cobble together your own version of it with the protocols you want if you want to, but it's like oh, it's a bit of a fat world of pain. Oh, is that the the JR module one? No, the, the one I've got, it's 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 a nano module, but they, it had the same thing for the the JR one as well. It's no, they no, they no. basically use this different chip, which they shouldn't have, to cut a corner, and it turned out the flash image was smaller than it needed to be. And when will people ever learn? I'm always seeing that in clones, like oh, this is really great value, everyone buys it, and then like oh, by the way, it doesn't actually work. So you, oh, you the, save three dollars and it doesn't work. Do you know what done that? The Earsheen DVR little mm. recording box that really pissed me off. Yeah, the first one was great, and then the second one was just garbage. And now you can't get the um the power play. Not why would you want to anyway? Because uh I've been really happy with the inbuilt goggles on the Sky Zone. That's been pretty solid. I've only got the V1, so it's the 30 FPS one, but I just can't. can't well, I think, I think the problem was that that Fat Shark was always of the opinion that it was too dangerous to change the shell of the goggle or the DVR, even though they had yeah. multiple like better versions coming along. They're like, no, 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 we don't want to. We don't want to touch anything. So even like up to and their very latest analog releases, they still had the sh- old DVRs. Can our customers that. please leave us alone and just continue buying the things and ignore the comp- competing products? Ignore them. They don't exist. It's all an illusion. <laughs> don't look behind the curtain. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a, a couple of pairs of Sky Zones and the DVRs just kind of worked on them. But yeah, I, I see a lot of people when we were at that FPV drone fest, they all had power plays on and re- stopped recording on the power play and stuff. I think it's important for me because I, I show a lot, I'd say 90% of my flights are DVR because I'm often 
saying here is you know a, a VTX, so it's no good showing GoPro footage. So I, I want to show what I see, and if I record it in the Fat Sharks, it's like I have to say, well, it looks better than this through the goggles, which always sounds a bit crap. But if it, at least I record it in the PowerPlay, it looks much more on par with what I'm seeing because the the whole color is different. It's it's at sixty frames a second. It looks a lot better. Oh, you can get the PowerPlay from AliExpress. How much is the PowerPlay? Are you after one, Jack? Like fifty quid or something? No, one hundred and forty-eight pound and thirty-five pence from AliExpress. <sighs> You could buy a a half-decent pair of goggles for something in that ballpark that comes with a better DVR than the Fat Shark one. Hobby RC is £114.80. They didn't start off that price, did they? They've they've inflated. Yeah. um, We were fighting the analogue film cameras because they were using them to uh, uh, use them oh, yeah. for recording and stuff. It was a cheaper screen thing, but yeah, they're, they're the only two places that kind of list them. AliExpress. Uh, huge I don't think markup. I could, in good conscience, recommend that someone gets a power play at this point with those prices. You should seriously consider putting in a bit extra and just upgrade the goggles and not need a power play at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would always say as long as you've got something that's recording DVR, that's pretty good because at least, you know, if you crash or something, you've got some sort of clue about where it is and how to get it back. That's the main thing. Check out and see what the going cost for goggles is, whether they've come down with all these digital ones appearing. I've got a bajillion. I have the feeling that the, 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 the latest and greatest of the Fat Shark analogs are probably similar to what. To the the walk snails costs, aren't they? Yeah, so Sky's own Cobra SD diversity goggles are 105 quid. They're box goggles, so it's not great, but they've got that decent Sky's own module in and a DVR. You can't you can't even buy go bloody ghost receivers. That's why I'm now using ELRS and trying to fight the fact that Channel 5 doesn't do soddle what I want it to do. Use Channel 6. Yeah, I suppose I could do that. Just move them all down. Stop having such a stupid idea about... Run the propellers without the gyro, please. So you can get Skyzone Cobra XV2s. It looks like they start for the S model, which is 800 by 480 screen. They start at about... 100 to 130 depending on who's got them and then the fancy ones with the high res i think 1080p screen oh 720p screen they are about 200 ish so if a power play is going to be near 150 really gotta really gotta want that power play i'm gonna have to do something about new goggles my boy something about hd i've i've still got my um Dominator V3s. So I am 640 Ooh. by 480. And yeah. my my horrendous box goggles I'm using for my open HD flying seem to have this little thing. If uh, a gust of no wind catches the HDMI cable and it moves one nanometer, <laughs> and it goes blank. And it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. It's not what you want. <laughs> I, no, well, HDMI connectors aren't really built to sort oh. of hang out of things that you move around they've got very stiff 
shielded cables because that's well, that's what. Okay, so bit of beef mm-hmm. here that I've got with it. HDMI was not designed to be a quality connector. HDMI was purely the lowest cost option that people could get to replace SCART leads. The engineering that went into that from all the people concerned wasn't to make a great connector. It was to make it as cheap as they possibly could. And it's just lasted and lasted and lasted. And we, we never got any clips to hold it in. There was never any sort of decent anything, really. It, it's the thing just, about it, it is the worst. Possible interface. Because if, like, you never have a SCAR cable fall out. Those things lock in like something else. DVI no, they don't lock, no, though, do they? They, just wedge. they don't lock in, but they're pretty pretty tight because they've got so oh. many pin connections. Because oh, they've got and then you, 40 odd pins on them, yeah. DVI was always good, and you generally had screws to hold it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even like VGA and stuff. Yeah, HDMI is the worst for that. And because the, just the cable port has a handy is little so heavy button actually in goes in there, you don't need to unscrew it. You press the button and pull it out. Oh, what we should sure. have is DisplayPort and everything, but it just costs a bit more. And DisplayPort has a button in there, and it, when you press the button, it pulls little catches back into the body of the connector so it doesn't hold in there anymore, and you can slide it out. But does anyone use it? Nope. I well, only on monitors, but it doesn't carry audio, does it? That's the only problem. Yeah, it does. Does it? I have Look. two monitors here, and that one oh. has speakers and carries audio with DisplayPort. I'll tell you the problem is that I don't actually have audio through my gaming monitor. So normally I route HDMI into audio extractor that then goes into the amp, but I haven't got that for DisplayPort. So DisplayPort's just my secondary display from my Mac to my monitor. Mm. But yeah, it would be a much more sensible option. Yeah. Well, you find DisplayPort on any computer monitor costs more than about 100 quid. But you can buy like thousand pound home hi fi amps and they only have HDMI. There's no display port. Spend a couple of grand on a TV, it's just got HDMI, no display port. So unfortunately, we're all stuck with this kind of connector that falls out all the time on everything. Yeah. That, that, and that is a worry when you're flying stuff. That's, I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's quite the same. The so, because you were talking about the, the the walk snail VRX, which would sort of clip on your goggles and have a HDMI cable, but at least that's a little short, stubby yeah, thing. That's not, not it hasn't got the weight to pull stuff out. You've got a bunch of stuff on the floor with. I've got like a three meter cable. cable. It's like I, I I need to hire my spotter just to hold the cable. Like you hold it like this into or, my ear, or wait for someone to make a nice little three D printed box that you clip on the front of your goggles, and then you can just have it all compact with tiny cable that's not going to happen is that impossible has it got to be a giant well, pi 4 with curry, a massive fan yeah curry just doesn't print anything they all his printers are for show i printed something just this week and designed it couldn't you couldn't you print a little box to put your pie in with a little lug that goes onto the goggles fan or something i suppose i could uh, the trouble is like these well, are my curry. These are my um, goggles oh, for OpenHD, right. yeah, the big box goggles. This is the only thing I've got with 1080. And sure, I can stick it on get top. The, the, has it got an OpenHD sticker? Yeah. Oh. These, these are not the official OpenHD goggles. I do have some OpenHD stickers. Though. But you could, you could, I'm sure you could find a way to mount it. 
through hook or crook from you put a little bracket on the top of it there's got to be something that screws on or some point you could glue a little bracket on and then just have a box that <sighs> made that camera is it. amazing isn't it but yeah maybe but the trouble is i i what i run is i have a a big uh like 5000 milliampere 4s going into a charger that then runs as a power supply to produce the 5 volts that go into the pi which um, generally all sits on this little tripod, um, which what you the gets my antenna then? up there. The goggles run also off the charger through USB that goes into this USB 5-volt to 9-volt into the goggles. So you could just put all of this in a box and just plug a USB charger into it on the front of the goggles. That's what I'm hearing. For your neck exercises. Work on the neck strength there. Maybe I should do that. I do have quite a small... I've got like a 30 centimeter HDMI cable, but it, it doesn't help that, that that pair of goggles uses HDMI mini. So there's also a converter oh, on it. No. So oh. it comes out this far because it's not just a one cable. It's like a cable into a converter no, no. just to make it shake. You can buy cables that go from big HDMI to little HDMI on oh, eBay for a couple of quid. Ask me how I know. One Maybe I'll do that. There. Maybe I'll do that. But I did. I did make progress on um, something. Sorry, I'm just. I'm just assaulting Curry here and dragging him over the coals. I, I feel no, bad. Well, don't worry. It was my turn a minute ago with the the arm. What do you mean? You you have idle up? Yeah. What an idiot. Look, I finally got. So we've got we've got the maple leaf antenna. We have Ooh. removed the USB adapter, and we've got Jack's little balance lead connectors. So that's soldered on directly now, because they were all the HDMI. Um, the OHD people were shouting me about that. On the Chimera Seven, we have now got. Ooh. We can Ooh. see that this, this is the Pi. Rather nice here. You can see that, which is now mounted. That looks like a pretty tight build compared to what you had before. Yes. Well, I thought the the quality of the build let me down. So that's that is the Pi sat there, and what I've done, I've just printed out these these three D printed. Come, mm. hang on, coming down to, to fit your fancy. Uh, Come here. There's some special there camera go. module you had, right? Tap right. It's not following anymore. So these three D printed bits replace. Lost it. There's this camera. The camera had uh, carbon fiber bits that went out like this, and then the camera dropped here. So the mm-hmm. Pi camera is too wide. So I've printed these bits so they slot into the frame. And then we're going to print. This is going to like come out at a 20 degree angle. And then we're going to have another plate oh, that goes on there, which is going to catch the camera. And then we just have to have the camera cable going there and then a few wires up to the... Um, so the camera cable is going to be inside the quad. Yes. A marked improvement. A marked yeah. improvement on last time. Everything's going to be internal except for the Wi-Fi adapter. And that's because I've only got one Wi-Fi adapter to swap between the plane and the quad. But yeah. I have got this nice little balance connector, which should work better. That, that's Excellent. the plan. Well, hopefully by spring, this is all ready to go. Yeah, I mean, the plane's ready to go now, but I didn't want to go out because it was wet and horrible. Oh, it's it so uh, horrible. It is bitterly cold. Even if, yeah. even if you landed it perfectly, it's like just kicking it through some mud. It's not. It's not nice down there. Yeah, like everything isn't even thawing here. It's drying out, so it's gone straight from ice to just dry ground. It's kind of magical. 
this never happens in London. It's always just like mud and filth and bits of oil and tire rubber mixed with snow sprayed everywhere. But for once, um, yeah, it's actually quite clean bit of snow, which is wonderful. You can go out and fly. You don't get covered in mud and filth and don't get like blackened shoes and trouser legs just walking down the road. It's quite nice. How curious. Unheard of. I'm still, I'm still well impressed with this little guy. Yeah. So, so we we had a, a comment way back from uh, Caroline saying, uh, "Everyone ready for Christmas?" Is is anybody know about any um, FPV themed presents that may be coming or giving in uh, in your festivities? No, silence is deafening. That's a no. It's a no for everyone. Then. Yeah, I, I've I, kind I, of geared up. That's the thing. Well, I, I don't think there's anything less for anybody to buy you, is there? <laughs> this week I bought the following because I didn't have it and it exists. Seems to be your excuse mostly. Well, I did hold off in all, with all due respect since like October or whatever when this was. Well, it's actually before then. I think it was July or something like that. I waited for them to kick the tyres and make sure they weren't going to drop it like a fart in a lift and run away. Um and they seem to have been doing updates, which is good to see. So uh, I felt like it was time to jump in. The O3A unit is £209. Yeah, I mean, that was a consideration as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, the goggles are £229. £729. I say 200 seems a bit cheap. Oh, I, no, I just no, ordered no. the even lighter version of that Walksnell 1S, and that on, was on Cadex's website for $90. Dollars. Mm. Which yeah. is equivalent to pounds now, anyway. Not quite. That's no. true. No, about 80, 80 quid. Bit of a discount. Mm. But yeah, but- um, Really, really quite good value, which is, you know, it's a big plus compared to even the DJI stuff, which is a little bit more than that. Especially now you can only get the run, run cam camera, which is stuck in 4x3 mode. And despite people's constant protestations that 4.3 gives you more field of view, I just want 16x9. I, don't, I want to use all the goggle screen. So, given Given the fact that your monitor is like this wide, if you had a pair of goggles that were like chung, would you would you buy those? This is brilliant. I can look around inside my goggles and not so, see the edges. Yeah, I'm running a 21 by 9 monitor here, which I thought was a great idea when I got it because I could have a couple of browser windows next to each other and make use of it. But actually, I think in retrospect, I, I'd probably just go 16 by 9 because uh, when you play games and stuff like that, people just go, oh, I, I'm not going to offer this resolution. Just I'm going to offer... The 16 by 9 resolutions. It's a bit too esoteric, I think, 21 by 9. The only time it's nice is if you want to watch a movie and you can watch the big widescreen 2.35 to 1 stuff without bars on the top and bottom. But just get a bigger screen. A lot of the sort of... I'm just having a little look through, like, say, Hobby RC. A lot of this, like... We're in this sort of, like, weird transitional period where... You know, I think maybe a few people might go to HD, but a lot of stuff is all pre-order or just out of stock. You know, for instance, 
you know, the um, the swordfish t- tailplane that Painless is talking about, that's not in stock. Um, the DJI goggles are pre-order. Uh, the Radio Master boxer, that's pre-order. You know, so like ordering anything, and with the current state of Royal Mail, or Royal Fail, should we say, um, you're not going to be... If you haven't already bought something... It's highly unlikely, unless you get it shipped with a courier service for a bit more money, that you're going to end up with it in time Not to gift. Great. So, Caroline Tyler. Um, o3 on a plane, shame no OSD from INAV. Well, um, I did notice this, and uh, what you want is to check out PR number 8631 over on INAV, where people are looking at implementing a beta flight compatible OSD mode, which just works with the O3 stuff. And it looks like, uh, despite everyone wanting to fight the good fight and make DJI do what they want to do, they didn't bother to communicate with beta flight and they certainly aren't communicating with INAV. So it's looking like what you end up with is an OSD that instead of all the nice symbols, just has a bunch of question marks where uh, it's not implementing the symbols for INAV. And that seems like it's going to uh, to make it on. So there is hope. It's like old, um, you know, multi-wee OSD when you didn't update fonts and you just get a load of Vs everywhere and jargon. Yeah. That was quite yeah. good fun. Sometimes you, your font upload would look like it would work. And then, like, how high am I? I don't know. Cross symbol with a sort of slash and a bit of a dot. What does that mean? Ah, That's an emoji that means too high. Or bits would just turn off, like the arrow to home. You'd be like, How's great. your OSD doing, Jack? Adventures um, with OSD. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to jinx you, you it. You put the I smoke back it. in, was the last update, right? Yeah, I don't know how long that's going to last because it basically got power over the video short. Um, and it was definitely cooking for several times. So as far as I know, okay. But I still need to see whether I can even turn the power up on that VTX. And then, yeah, give it a bit of a test hover, which I kind of want you to be around. So at least if it does go wrong, we can laugh about it on the show. Fair enough. I would invite Curry, but Curry's always busy with family stuff. I re- I replaced my fire quad and it's now flying beautifully. The one that had an ignomious death and actually burnt holes through the PCB. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Gary. We did we did catch up. In your defence, we did catch up the other day. I did give you a phone call. You talked That's to me true. for a while. So, I'm I'm available when I'm available. Yeah. I don't know. Of of the evening, though, I know that you're usually playing God of War. <laughs> so, dude, where's my quad? Um. Right. <laughs> I guess that is all we've got time for. Uh, Curry won't be here. He'll be skiing next week. So Don't break a leg. Be careful. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Go easy, my friend. 
And we'll try uh, it, check Instagram for my usual annual hunt of no drone signs. Because that's that's my holiday hobby. I bet you'll be wishing you were in the Maldives again. Depends how cold it is. That's yeah. just the end of the week in the boot room. That tends to make you want to wish to be anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, this show is uh, sponsored by our lovely Patreons. That keeps us impartial. Uh, it gets the editor to usually edit really nice audio when Jack hit, remembers to hit the uh, the audio button. I'm sorry, editor. Feel free to text your dis- displeasurement at me. I'm sorry. Hopefully um, our levels are somewhat akin and not yeah. too far out. Fingers crossed. There's a bit of bit of talking over each other but it wouldn't be LDO if it wasn't uh thank you our lovely patreons uh we are live every thursday 8 p.m uk time till nine um and we usually have a bonus podcast so if you'd like to become a patron you can join from one dollar to several dollars and we love and uh, really appreciate your support it's been a fantastic uh time you know, coming up for our eight years soon next year. So I can't wait. And uh, I've heard from Frank that he might be around next week. And Tony, if you want to come on, it'd be kind of cool to get the guys back in town. Uh, You've been joined by everyone's favourite moustache, Stephen. Good evening. Goodbye. Everyone's favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. And I've been bright until I fly, and you've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Thank you. Good night. Telemetry lost.